Hey everyone, welcome out to episode 108 of a Nerd Named Mark podcast. It's me, it's Mark, and I got a key light. At least I got one installed right now. I gotta get, I have like the smaller mini one over here where my camera is, but I gotta get my second one installed, but I don't have a lot of time right now. It has worked six days in a row, and I'm gonna try and get as much recording done for all my content today, because then I gotta work four days in a row, and then I'm actually going back home for a bit. Just to visit, got a wedding to go to, and visit family, because I haven't seen them since 2019. So, it's nice to, you know, go see everyone, and, you know, so I'm going to try and get a lot of content go going and recorded and edited to go live while I'm away. Uh, today's episode, not a large episode, uh, just because with the lack of time i didn't pick any comics up so i'm not gonna really talk about comics i have been reading manga but i didn't buy any new ones because i haven't actually i've been working so much i haven't gone to any stores since like a week and a half other than groceries i haven't done anything i haven't done any toy or figure hunting i haven't just i haven't done i haven't had time and gas prices out here are ridiculous so it's like conserving the fuel uh but i am uh gonna be talking because the halo series the premiere dropped the other night i stayed up late to watch it and i'm only i'm not gonna touch on the halo episode fully i actually have a guest for episode 109 returning guest and now the person who's been a guest on the show the most out of everybody because him and uh chris and daryl had a little you know they were they were neck and neck in the amount of times they've been on the show but Chris is going to be stopping by. Uh, I even told him, I was like, just like the Spider-Man situation with No Way Home. I was like, dude, I need you on the show. You love Halo just as much as me, except he went a step forward, uh, like, in even more than me. He's watched, he's, you know, played all the games, just like I have. I never finished five, though. We Neither one of us has finished Infinite. Uh, he's read the books. He's went into the lore of Halo. So, from a knowledge standpoint... He's the most knowledgeable Halo person I know personally. So I was like, you know what? It's it makes sense to have him on the show for me and him to just break down and dive into the Halo show, the lore of the franchise. And that is going to be probably I'm already saying right now, it's probably going to be one of my favorite episodes I'm going to put on the podcast. It's easily one of my favorites. And you definitely want to check it out when we record it and when i put it live because that's going to be really good and usually i don't hype up episodes before they're even recorded or before they even go live but already just from the brief conversations we've had in general i'm like this is gonna be a good show this is gonna be a great episode very knowledgeable episode informative everything like so i'm really hyped for it i i like mm, i can't wait that being said uh because of the halo series the main topic I'm going to talk about is video game adaptations to film and television because we have other shows in the works right now that have been announced and some movies that have come out in recent years. So I really want to talk about the video game adaptations and when they work, what doesn't work, and my personal expectations and quality that I want to see in them. But before we get into that, I gotta talk about, like, I do, like, there's been some other things going on. Um, you can see, if you're watching on YouTube, I got my Switch docked over here. And I got my nice little collection of stuff. You know, Kamen Rider and Toku stuff all over the place, because it's a mess over here, because I'm slowly restructuring and working on where I have all my stuff displayed. 
and how I'm displaying it. Uh, it started with me just simple things like getting risers for the bookshelves to better organize, like my Sotos, if you've watched any of my Soto videos on YouTube. And then also, you know, getting my key lights, getting a new camera stand. Uh, I am using my HyperX Quadcast right now. I did pick up a Shure MK7 mic. Um, I am going to get a mixer and everything else, but for right now, this is my mic setup. And then, you know, also getting a couple more display cases. Uh, once I we get back from traveling, I'm going to be... Everything behind me is going to basically be moved. It's still going to be there, but on different displays. I'm picking up two uh, Detolfs to put together. And I got a whole bunch of new Govi lights, because I love Govi. If you haven't uh, ever checked out any of their stuff, go check out their stuff. Their lights are insane. I was actually reorganizing my LED strip lights on my bookshelf with all my Sotos. And the quality of them, like, it's been over a year since I installed them. And they were getting heavy use. If you've seen any of my older streams or some of my videos, people are like, oh, can you not have them strobe? Like, it's giving me a headache. And I was like, all right, I'll just have them pulse or be just on. But the quality of them that the has not dimmed, they're just as bright as they were the day I installed them. And this is not an ad. Everything I have from Govi, I have bought myself because um, I would not take like sponsorships or anything like that unless it was a product I already use and I can actually personally vouch for. Also, real quick on the video, I trimmed the trimmed the beard. Um, not not really happy right now. Really not. Don't look bad, but I really miss my old beard. And I'm probably going to shave it shorter because I just hate this. So I'm just going to, I think I'm just going to rock out the five o'clock shadow look for a while. Uh, I got to be clean cut for the wedding anyways. But that's besides the point. But yeah, so, you know, I'm going to be restructuring a lot of the display stuff. Obviously, video quality is going to get better. Um, you know, doing key lights. I'm still right now doing everything in 1080p. Um, just from an editing, rendering, and uploading time, doing 4K videos is exhausting. And... I really don't think that 4K from a YouTube video standpoint for a podcast or like my Kamen Rider videos or my Soto videos, I don't really think that's a necessity. 4K right now isn't because it's not standard. I remember, you know, when I used to use my Pinnacle Dazzle capture card to play Knights of the Republic on Xbox and streaming that and doing videos with that. And that was obnoxious, by the way. And that quality being trash. And then when 720p came around, I was like, oh. And then even then, I was like, that's a lot of work. I was like, I'm gonna wait until that's like the standard, you know? So as uh, for right now, like I dabbled in 4K videos. I did one, I even did a 1440p video. And that was my newest Soto video. And even I was just like, man, the render time on that and then the upload time to YouTube, I was like, no, I'm just going to stick with 1080p for everything for right now. There's nothing wrong with 1080p video quality. Like, this looks fine. Like, I'm watching it right now while I'm recording. This is completely fine. Passable. No issues. So, I'd rather just keep it how it is right now. And for those of you listening on audio, obviously, you're not seeing it. If you haven't, go check out my YouTube channel. Just type in a nerd named Mark on YouTube and you can see all the stuff. I am, I'm... I'm I know it's Toku heavy and nano block heavy, which by the way, I still have five nano blocks left to make. And then my backlog of nano blocks is done. 
and then I can go into my two dozen gun plot kits that I haven't even started. <laughs> I mean, I started one. I haven't even finished it yet. I like my infinite justice clear color. I got halfway through it and I was like, dude, this is a lot of work. I'm, I'm going to just chip away at this. So I'm going to try and get the rest of these done before I leave because my for all of March on my YouTube channel, it's been March nanoblock madness instead of like brackets and March madness stuff like everyone else does. I'm like, no, I'm just going to build a shit ton of nanoblocks and then I'm going to do time lapse videos and put them up on YouTube. And that's what I've been doing. I think I put up at least what? I think I put up over 18 nanoblock videos this month. I put up a lot and then with, you know, five more. And then obviously I'm going to end the month with a big video going over my whole entire collection. It's not going to be a long video because everything's in one condensed spot. But yeah, I'm 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 happy with where the content creating is going right now. Uh, you know, just slowly chipping away. And I have I've had friends, you know, who do podcasts or getting into podcasting and, you know, YouTube who you know, we're either streamers or not content creators at all. And they're always asking me questions. And I am always open for people to ask me questions about podcasting, video editing. And the thing that annoys me is when people are like, oh, well, you know, you don't really have that many subscribers and you're not really that big on social media. It's like, yeah, because, you know, if you go back on my podcast, I did a whole episode is literally the title of it was is anti-social media thing. Like I use social media here and there. Like I just don't take it seriously. Uh, but at the same time, the podcast is doing good numbers because of SEO and like the back end stuff. I'm good. You want someone behind the scenes who can handle shit? That's me. I'm still getting comfortable and, you know, affluent on being on camera and talking. I can turn this camera off and just talk and be completely fine. But when it comes to being on camera and then also like promoting my content, I hate promoting myself so much it just feels spammy you know and i don't want to go down that rabbit hole where i'm spamming every little freaking thing i do constantly like i will take clips of podcast stuff and clips of other videos and put them up on you know instagram or on twitter and that's that but like i don't want to consistently be like constantly promoting myself and i know that is like sacrilege when it comes to content creating you always gotta promote and put yourself out there like uh, Matt Cardona of the Major Wrestling Figure Podcast always says, always, always plug, always plug yourself whenever you can. Tie it in somehow. Be like, oh yeah, no, you know, like a segue almost, but instead of a segue, it's a plug. And I, I don't know, I struggle with that, honestly. I just don't, because it, it's kind of funny. I'm, I'm a content creator who doesn't like attention. <laughs> like, I really don't. I, I'm in a bubble in my personal life, small group, core group of friends, got my lady, she has her group of friends, and I just keep to myself, this is why when, you know, I have friends, like, the friends I have now aren't, like, friends, you know, that I talk to consistently, like, on the phone, in Discord, Zoom, or anything like that, like, these are people, like, I've known a long ass time like more than a decade you know and then i have new friends that you know i talk to dms and discord this and that that you know i thoroughly just like how these friendships are going and this and that but i don't i don't keep a big circle of friends i keep to myself a lot i'm very introverted um 
But like if I have to work, which is funny because like I'll go to conventions and I'll work conventions. I'll work for Extra Life, Operation Supply Drop, Streamlabs. Uh, I did stuff with Toy Logic for Happy Dungeons at 2016 TwitchCon. I've done stuff at E3. I've done stuff at PAX East, New York Comic Con. I go to conventions and there's a switch. I can turn it on and I'm outgoing. I'm entertaining. I'm funny. I can be a good hype man. But inside it like kills me because I'm just like, I don't want people looking at me. I don't want to be bothered. And, you know, so, you know, I have friends ask me like, hey, you know, what do you do about this? And I'm like, dude, don't don't rush and just, you know, buy all this equipment, buy all this stuff and then just start making content you start start now honestly there and this doesn't just apply to like my tokusatsu content uh marku marco satsu had pronghorn heroes gem and also hawkley's on and they did a live stream for like an hour and they were just talking about content creating in the toku space and you know they brought up very valid points stuff that i've noticed over the years and stuff that i've even done when i got into content creating and it's just like just start it now with whatever equipment you have. If you want to use just a cell phone with bad audio, do it and slowly like build up to it. You don't need to wait. You know, I, yeah, my numbers have gone up, but even when I had like my Lenovo yoga two and a $20 mic from Amazon, I was, you know, still doing good numbers a few episodes in. And the numbers have always gone up because it's you don't need all this fancy equipment. Even right now, like yeah, this like yeah, I got a nice setup. But like you figure, I started doing this podcast in 2019. Before that, I was on the Trophy Horse podcast and didn't have a magnificent setup. Even when I had those gaming nerds and we were doing those gaming nerds podcasts, we were doing them over Skype, and I was doing Skype recordings with this Pamela app, like that you can get for Skype. I wasn't. So you don't need this drastic equipment. Even right now, like right now, my setup is probably the most expensive and most elaborate setup I've had in my whole entire life. And I've been in one way or another creating content since 2008. Most of the time it was, you know, journalism style, which, you know, you only need a computer and a keyboard. That's all you really need for that stuff. But, you know, I've never really had. Well, no, I lied because, you know, I used to have dual monitor displays even back then because I saw some of the Facebook memories and you know whatnot but it's just you just got to keep keep you know with it and just start now like you don't need like when i started streaming i did a tweet where i showed it was just my lenovo yoga pro 2 i was using uh light stream and i was streaming directly from my xbox and yeah like you and i was on mixer you don't need you know this super like you don't have to buy like a two thousand dollar freaking desktop with three monitors and get yourself a freaking sony alpha 6500 and two elgato key lights and a green screen you don't need all that stuff to start out and especially podcasting like a lot of my friends are getting into podcasting and i am thoroughly happy that they are because a lot of my friends, I'm like, dude, you're not, why don't you have a podcast? You should, you should just podcast. Why are all your eggs in one basket? Your eggs should not be in one basket. You're streaming on Twitch. Cool. Why aren't your VODs on YouTube? Why aren't you putting like, you know, little, little clips on Twitter or Instagram or TikTok even? 
I mean, as much as I have a love-hate relationship with TikTok, it's going to help you. You can't, like, just focus on one avenue, which is why when I started the podcast, I was like, okay, I need to start this now. I started the podcast after I started streaming on Mixer, and very, very, very soon after, too. Like, it wasn't, it was like, mm, within four months or so. Or no, it was more than that. Sorry, it was like a year. <laughs> it, it Listen, the last two years have been kind of crazy. My time frame is off still. You can't blame me. It happens. I'm going to drink apple juice. So, um, but yeah, just got to start. Like, I, and I have friends that are doing it. Because, like, I was like, no, I'm not going to stick to one source. I do wish I took YouTube a little more seriously from a, consistency not like where i'm like obsessed with the analytics i'm not um i'm approaching 400 subscribers i couldn't be happier i set realistic goals for myself for my expectations last year i beat the goal by a lot because i was like oh i want to hit 200 and i ended the year at three and now i'm like all right i hit three my goal for the year was i think 700 and I'm like, well, I'm about to hit 400 and it's March. And I was like, okay, this is real. Like, these are realistic to my expectations. I'm not going to set, you know, these obnoxiously high goals that are like delusions of grandeur. That's not going to happen. And yeah, so I'm more than happy with everyone who's, you know, branching out and not doing one type of content because I'm like, especially if you're already streaming. Streamers, I know. I'm only an affiliate. I'm not a partner. I don't have a big follower. I only stream like once, maybe if I'm lucky three times a month, I get it. I'm not, I'm not a big streamer. I'm just not, I don't, I don't have the time and time management is important to me. I'm 36. I've been doing content creating and some in journalism in some form or another for, you know, well, like, but 16, 14, 15 years. And I know my limits for how much work I can do. I'm already working full time and I don't want to get burnt out. And I've already figured, I already know where my wall is where I'll start to get burnt out. So time management is important to me. So I plan everything out so I don't get burnt out. So I can have the relaxation time so I can still, you know, hang out with my lady and not, you know, ignore my relationship or ignore my friends, you know, I don't want to get into that isolation bubble where it's like, okay, content creating 24 seven. It's like, no time management. You need the downtime. And also you need to keep a majority of your personal life off of social media. You need to keep some aspects of your life to yourself. It's very important. It's something that I learned very early on and it's something I still do. And it makes things a lot better. When you aren't a hundred percent trans, you don't have, you don't owe anyone your information. I'm not going to sit there and be like, okay, well today I woke up, I made coffee and it, like, no, dude, even if like, I keep my morning routine to myself, like, dude, like I, and when I go date night and it's not like that stuff is my personal life. Like that's me. I don't need to, I'm not telling everyone that, you know, that's for me. So that's another aspect of it. But yeah, there's, you know, there's a lot with content creating, but for me, that's why I don't stream. And I always tell someone, like, like I said, like, I'm not a big streamer, so take what I say with a grain of salt. But it's like, it's like, just because I'm not a big streamer and I don't stream a lot doesn't mean I don't understand how this works, 
how this machine operates, how the algorithm is. If you're streaming, you should be putting your VODs on a video service. You should make clips, something hype, something entertaining, something that like shows very on brand for who you are as a content creator. And that should be on social media. There should be one, there should be two to three clips minimum per one hour stream that you should be able to put on social media, whether it's Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, that shows people what they can expect when you go to your stream and trying to lure them in. Uh, too many people are like, do the videos where like, hey, I got this game. I'm about to go live. Come hang out. It's like, I don't actually interact with those. But if you have a crazy clip of, you know, you're doing some shit in a game and it's entertaining and you're, you're, you're charismatic. I'm like, wait, hold on. All right, let's, let's go check this out. That's good. I like that. So definitely be putting yourself on others, like, like mainly for streaming, like put your clips everywhere else. Like even right now, like I'm recording a video version of the podcast. Guess what? I got I, 20 minutes in. I've already got bits and pieces that I'm probably going to put on social media. And yeah. That's it for my little rant. That went a lot longer than I, I, I expected. I'm sorry. It was only supposed to be like a couple sentences, like an update for what's going on. Um, so, yeah, I don't even know how to segue now. Boom. Power Rangers came out five years ago. Mm, yeah. Um, can I, I'm going to talk about it real quick. I have actually a whole video going over the Power Ranger film for five years ago. This is the Blu-ray. I save every movie ticket for every movie I've ever seen. I have movie tickets from 1990. In 1991, so I saved your ticket. I couldn't go through everything to find my Power Ranger ticket because <laughs> I was like, "Oh, that'd be cool." I'd be like, "Look, Blu-ray," and I went to go see it in theaters twice. For those of you who are listening, I pantomimed and whispered that I actually saw it three times, but for video for, like purposes, you guys saw it. you guys saw, it, but like the listeners, they didn't see it. So like, I I kind of ruined it by having to explain it to them, but that's. Obviously happened, but yeah, Power Rangers five years, ago, five, five years ago in 2017, man, that movie was, uh, I rewatched it. Some elements of it aged well. I still think from an opening standpoint with like the whole bowl in the school and the truck, you know, scene with Jason and the accident, the filming style of that was so good. Um, I just had, you know, even rewatching it, uh, it aged pretty well, honestly, uh, my my issues with it back then are still my same issues now. No morphers, which really, like, that just destroyed me on the inside. Because they had toy merch for morphers, which, so I'm like, how do you have morphers for merch, but no morphers in the movie? All right. And then also the Zords and Goldar. Other than that, I had no real problems with the movie at all. I mean... I could complain that Elizabeth Banks had no right looking that good as Rita because that was... Okay, listen. All right, for starters, I like donuts. I'm not even going to lie. Like, I'm not even going to lie. Like, yeah, I'm kind of in shape. Like, I am a shape. Kind of not, like... I'm not unhealthy, but... Uh, like, you know, I like donuts. Krispy Kreme donuts. <laughs> oh, man, those are delicious. So that was, like, that... that even though that was supposed to be kind of, like, comedic, I was like, yeah, man, you know what? If there's going to be a power source of all life buried underneath a a, a chain of food-related stuff, I'm okay with it being Krispy Kreme, honestly. Um, like, I'm already there. Wait, what's down below? Okay, I'll go get it. 
But yeah, no, Elizabeth had no right. As Rita, no, she should have toned it down. I'm sitting there like, I'm an adult. She's an adult. I'm in a committed relationship. So, Elizabeth Banks, as much as I enjoyed you, as Rita, it's just not going to work out between us. Like, but don't worry, it's not, it's not you, it's me. Like, I'm committed, committed relationship. But, you know. Jokes aside, though, this movie actually was pretty good. Like, I liked that it really captured, like, the alien side. Like, Zordon was an alien, you know, so the suits looked very alien. I mean, even the Zords, when even though, like, they were kind of based on animals, they, they you know, dinosaurs, of it, like, they weren't. You could tell what they were supposed to be, but I was like, ah. They, they, they just were a little off. And the Megazord itself didn't really do it for me. I think, honestly, the CG in general could have been a lot better especially for the budget of the show the movie but five years i can't believe it's been five years that's that went by really fast honestly like i didn't even realize it until it was like everyone was tweeting about it and i was like oh i have the blu-ray i should talk about this but it was a really good movie i think it got a lot of unwarranted hate because people wanted i think people had higher expectations because when you think about it we haven't had a theatrical release power ranger film we had what the 95 one and then turbo which the only thing i will give turbo is the zords were better because they didn't have really crappy cg the original power ranger film aged like freaking milk i watched that the other day because i have that as well and i was like holy crap this aged horribly and yeah i don't i honestly did not enjoy it even though i saw the movie in theaters i have the movie ticket for that too um but it just i did not enjoy re-watching that power ranger movie i gritted my teeth and just dealt with it it was boring and the cg was bad Ugh. and i'm okay with the cheesy 90s one-liners and jokes like that's fine with me i love that kind of humor like that humor is never gonna you know ruin it for me but i mean the only redeeming quality is that ivan ooze was so good as a villain like when he was trying to sell lean to kids i was like okay i get this this this, this is that there were some redeeming qualities of that film the Megazord's CG was not one of them at all. <laughs> but this, that, and that's why I think it was so long since we've had a Power Rangers movie. Like, cause it's been like, what, 20 years? When this came out, it was what, at least 20 years since there, uh, since there was a Power Rangers movie. So obviously everyone's like, Power Rangers movie, please. Thank you. And so this one, it's. Like, I have a whole video that's going to be going live, going over my thoughts, deep dive into my thoughts of the 2017 Power Rangers movie. But I just wanted to acknowledge on the podcast, five-year anniversary of this film. Uh, it's on a lot of streaming platforms. Um, Blu-rays are always cheap. Um, I have one of the Target exclusive, I think, Blu-rays. And then this one I actually got for like $2.50 at Book Off. So, yeah, you can find the Blu-ray very cheap if you look hard enough. And yeah, so before I get into, you know, the adaptations, I guess we, I, I have to bring up 
um, video games. Like I said, the Switch is right here. You can see it on display. Obviously, I have been playing a lot of Triangle Strategy. I am 70 hours into Triangle Strategy right now, which if you realize how many hours I've worked, I worked six days in a row at like eight or nine hours a day. And then, you know, putting in free time into Triangle Strategy and Toku and video editing. Uh, yeah, I'm so in love with Triangle Strategy. I love strategy RPGs. Final Fantasy Tactics is my, final, my favorite Final Fantasy game, right above Final Fantasy VIII. I play a lot of, like, I like, you know, all the Fire Emblem games. I love Disgaea. Stuff like, I'm a big fan of strategy games. I like them more than regular turn-based RPGs, and I like them a lot more than action RPGs. So Triangle Strategy right now is at the forefront for my game of the year. And I played a lot of games. Yes, I've only I've only put two hours into Elden Ring. I put maybe three or four hours into Dying Light 2. And they're not bad games. It's just convenience of I work all day. I can sit on the couch, take the Switch in handheld mode and play a game. That's the only reason why that game has so many more hours. And I finished... I've been chipping away at the Pokédex and Legends Arceus. It's just... I don't know. I got burnt out on that game. Uh, I think it was all, honestly because of how quickly we got basically Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. And then we got Legends Arceus so close together that I was like, man, I need a break when it comes to Pokemon. That's why with uh, Violet and whatever the other... I don't even know what the other color is. Scarlet. I should know that. Oh, that's my... That's our kitten's name, and now she's just, like, coming over to see me. I forgot. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so... I was like, man, we're getting another Pokemon game this year? I was like, this franchise needs to breathe, you know? Like, we get, like they're giving us so much, and what's going to happen is, when they cut back and we don't get Pokemon games, people are going to be pissed. They're like, well, why? You gave us two the year before, and you gave us one the year before that. Like, why, why all of a sudden now we can't have new games? And... That's legitimately going to be an issue. I guarantee it is. But I'm kind of burnt out on Pokemon right now. I did download Kirby in the Forgotten Land demo. I have to play that because that game came out. And I haven't played a Kirby game since the one that was on Super Nintendo. And other than that, I only played like an NES one and then one of the Game Boy ones. And, and so I haven't played a Kirby in a long time. Like none of them really appealed to me. Like... I liked side-scrolling games, you know, Mega Man, Castlevania, Metroid, stuff like that. Kirby never really did it for me. I did like the idea of, like, you know, absorbing people and getting their powers, you know, which now looking bad, I count it. But the color scheme and everything going on, Majin Buu is basically adult Kirby. I don't I don't make the rules. That's just what happened. That's, that's, that's a fact. And, but the, forget, the Forgotten Land... All full 3D. The graphics look so clean on it. And I was like, you know what? Like, I'm going to give this a chance. And we're going to be traveling. And flying from one coast to the other is a long flight. So I'm like, well, I got the Switch. I guess I can play some games. And so, but the downside is the same day Kirby came out, a game I've been waiting for, Rune Factory 5 came out, which I'm currently playing right now <laughs> because... I love Rune Factory. I love those type of games. Rune Factory, uh, Story of Seasons, Harvest Moon, Stardew Valley. Those like those are my relaxing genres. And 
it's kind of funny because a lot of people are like because of how much horror video games I like, a lot of people get surprised when I play, when they find out that, like, one of my most played games across all platforms combined is Stardew Valley. Or I'll play, you know, a hyperdimension game, or I'll play Disgaea, like, I'll play anime or waifu-type games, and people get really surprised because, like, I'm such a fan of, like, horror from, a, and, and that's, like, you know, majority of my games. Like, I have a very... Uh, I'm very proud of my collection of horror video games, merch, and movies. And, you know, I've done it before in October when I go over horror films. Like, you know, everyone knows I have a lot of horror stuff from, like, the 50s, some from the 40s, 60s, all the way to now. I've got quite the collection of movies from that time frame. I've got some merch. I mean, obviously, you can see behind me, I got the Dead by Daylight poster signed by the developers. And... I do like horror, but at the same time, I do like, I guess, cutesy games is the word we're going to say. We're going to say cutesy games. Every once in a while, like, I'll go. I'll, I mean, it's like when I talk to my friend Andrew about manga and I'm like, dude, my wife is Wagatsama san is so good. And I'm reading all those ones. And he's uh, and like School Rumble is one of my favorite animes. And it's like we I, I'm a walking conundrum with genres because it's like rom-com anime and manga horror films horror video games and every once in a while it's like hey let's put on a stardew valley let's put on a visual novel and it's like the hell <laughs> i just have a very diverse taste in video games and other things like manga movies tv shows i mean movies not so much i'm, I'm very one-dimensional with that where it's just like okay horror comic books action thrillers psychological thrillers every once in a while a comedy when I have to rom a romance film. Ugh. But yeah, so Rune Factory 5, I'm playing that. And I'm just like, man. And on top of it, I got a lot of indie games I'm picking up on Steam. Uh, we got a nice Kaiju one, which I already forgot the name of. And then we, I've been playing Core Keeper, which is kind of like Terraria, Minecraft, and like Stardew all rolled into one game. Really good. It's an early access on Steam. I got it for $12 and I've put, I've sunk hours into that thing already. And I've been actually like telling all my friends, you got to get it. They have eight person co-op. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun. There's, you're exploring a dungeon. There's a little story to it. Yeah. You, you know, crafting and farming. I think honestly, if there's farming or fishing in a video game, I'll play it. I'm, I'm, I'm easily sold. Like I saw Facebook memories where I was playing, uh, all the fishing in Final Fantasy 15. And I was like, damn, I really played the shit out of you. I mean, I did platinum the game, so obviously I played it a lot, but I spent a lot of time fishing, trying to get all the, the, the monsters of the lake and this and that. And I was like, wow, I put a lot of time just freaking fishing. Um, but yeah, so that's really for games I'm playing. Um, there's just, you know, only so much time, especially when I'm playing a lot of RPGs right now. Usually I try to avoid playing back-to-back -back RPGs. Like, I have one or two chapters left in Triangle Strategy. And I realistically should have finished that before starting Rune Factory 5. But at the same time, that's why I want to play Kirby on the demo. So I could see if this is something that I will want to purchase. Because that will be a nice break from playing RPGs. Because I don't really have anything right now that I appeals to me. Because Pokemon's definitely an RPG. 
and I would probably play this War is Mine, but I've been playing that game so much. That's also another game that I put like a lot of hours in on all platforms to own it on every platform. Even twice on PC, I've been on Steam and Epic Game Store. I need to stop buying that game, but luckily I ran out of platforms to buy it on, unless it's on the PS5, and then I'll have to buy it on that, and then it's like, all right, now I own it on every platform. But yeah, a lot of games, but not really. Like I'm, my goal is to finish Triangle Strategies before we travel. And then hopefully I'll make some decent uh, dent into Rune Factory 5. And then depending on how the demo goes with Kirby, I may pick that up. I'm hoping I enjoy the demo because the game looks really good. And I do want to play it, but I didn't want to. I'm glad there's a demo like some because not a lot of games get demos on the Switch. And sometimes you just buy them and you get buyers remorse. And it's not like Steam where it's like. Okay, I can refund it if it's under two hours and I didn't enjoy it, you know? So, hopefully the demo for Kirby appeals to me because I, like, I love like I love the way it looks. I really do. And it looks like something I would enjoy, but I won't know until I play it. So, I'm probably going to play it later on tonight after I'm done getting all my recording and all my editing done. And, yeah, so, adaptations, since we'll go right from video games to that. Uh, you know, there's been a lot of video game adaptations, and... Whenever I see people tweet about them, or I talk to my friends about it, I realize that I have such an interesting opinion on how it works. And I've said this with Marvel MCU stuff and DCEU or whatever their film universe is called now. I don't even know. I don't even think it's an extended universe. I think it's just DC movies. <laughs> on it, uh, Where I don't want a one-to-one -one, like translation transition from what's on the pages or in the game to the films and the movies i do not want verbatim what i've either read or played on the big screen or the silver screen i don't and i know a lot of people were like but these are good stories like yeah you can modify them a bit some of it won't work prime example most recently uncharted uncharted is a really good movie. I don't want, and it took elements and actual scenes from the first two games and put them into it. I don't want the F Uncharted Drake's Fortune verbatim that game on the big screen, scene to scene, because I played the game. I seen it. I know what happens. I was pleasantly surprised. I go in with the lowest expectations I can for myself, and I'm pleasantly surprised in actually how decent these films are. Resident Evil. Welcome to Raccoon City. I did a quick review of it. Also, if you want a really more in-depth review, me and Daryl sat down on the Loop Bros podcast, you know, when it came out last year. We talked about it in-depth. Uh, I bought it on Blue... Uh, the, I got the 4K Blu-ray. And, you know, it was a birthday present. And I was very happy. And I was watching that. And... I was like, okay, second time watching, I actually enjoyed it more than I did the first time around because I realized it took some great elements from the first two games, made their own story to it with still an overall theme of like Umbrella and the zombie. I think the pacing was off still. I think the, the, the Leon Kennedy, if you kind of disassociate the Leon Kennedy from the games and you realize this is its own entity would just those reference points I don't, it, it worked in the movie if you've never seen anything Resident Evil before that movie works 
so and it's like you know when i when i had chris on we talked about spider-man no way home i it was a part of like the big rant i cut out which is going to be a lost episode i have it still i'm gonna put it up eventually because it's like 40 minutes of us just tearing down the issues with like dc's universe the marvel issues we have but i always point out the fact that i it early on in the mcu it was around guardians of the galaxy i was able to separate my knowledge and my what i expected from the comics to be in the films i threw that out the window and it's one of the only ways as a comic book fan you can enjoy these things because if you go in with the pre-notions of what you know from the comics you're gonna be like well in the comics this happened this, they, you, no it's not gonna happen they're not gonna fight thanos on the moon you know it's not gonna happen even though we kind of had that scene when tony stark had the whole little, like little memory flash bullshit in age of ultron we kind of had a hint at that and i thought they were gonna fight him on the moon that would have been entertaining and we could have brought in the watchers and everything else and then we could actually set up original sin down the road because we already had the moon already set up as a location spot but that that's neither here nor there that's something for another time to talk about but so with adaptations and it's like look at sonic like the sonic is like the prime example okay nothing outside of character names and actually like you know the the location names and everything else and a few of the robot designs everything in the sonic movie is like technically original there there was little nods for the you know gaming fans and the snap but that's how you you know and everyone's like oh you sonic sonic's the exception because it's side scrolling it's like no like sonic side scrolling but when you think about it like sonic adventure sonic adventure 2 we had games with full sonic stories you know so that's why i was like with the mario movie being animated i'm like okay that works because let's face it live action mario we don't need to get into that we've talked about that before but i'm talking more modern stuff you have to you don't need anything from the games actually in the movies like yeah like uncharted there was a nice spot with the plane and everything falling and this and that and i was like i remember that i love uncharted that was a great game you know tomb raider even like the tomb raider film which I know not a lot of people liked. I enjoyed it for what it was. I thought it was good. I think it set up a good... It had the setup there for a good franchise. And it's kind of like with the reboot series, like, you know, Tomb, Rise of the Tomb Raider, Shadow of the Tomb Raider, you know, I, I love those games. I'm a big fan of Tomb Raider. It's probably one of the platformer franchises that I hold in high regards that is, you know, I was... I was a kid when the first one came out. I remember getting the little memory card stickers from the PlayStation Underground magazine and getting the little demo disc in there. Like, I remember all that stuff when I was a kid. Tomb Raider, I've loved that franchise. And, you know, yeah, the the Angelina Jolie films happened and they weren't bad, but let's face it, we know why a lot of us watch those films. But the new one was actually very good. I actually enjoyed it. Same with Uncharted. And the reason why I'm bringing up stuff now is because of the Halo show. And see, you can play the games, read the comics, pull references, pull things there, maybe allure and expand on this and that. But when the showrunner and everyone else from the Halo TV show say they never, they, they chose not to play the games or the books because they didn't want that stuff to 
basically paraphrasing not a direct quote interfere with the story they're trying to tell that instantly told me okay you guys don't fucking care you guys really don't care about halo you're you're using the halo ip and the name to push and get whatever you're trying to do for a story to work and to to get on the screen and get people to watch it um sounds like if you took away master chief and spartans anything that was named from halo and any design stuff that was from halo and you decided okay here's a show i want let me go pitch it and they're just like oh, this isn't good but then if you be like okay well let's make the main protagonist master chief let's put in the covenant let's put in you know the unsc let's put in all the stuff throw some warthogs in there some pelicans all right let's put some brutes and some elites put in plasma sword hand the script back like hey there's a script for the halo series they're just like oh okay go ahead that's your foot in the door and that's what it seemed like to me the first 10 15 minutes not bad of the show last couple minutes of the show not bad there's glints of hope in the halo series there really was but at the same time i'm just like mm, what are you doing because you had your boy take his helmet off and then he kept it off why well i mean not why as in like i in the show from a thematic story standpoint i see why he did it but i'm saying in the general overall scheme of things why have master chief take his helmet off i think if that would happen in the video game especially how many games in our way if we take odst two halo wars uh five infinite if master chief finally took his hat like helmet off you know after 20 years of a franchise without the helmet being off, that would have been a big fucking deal. I felt like, as a fan of Halo, this was a waste of that happening. 100%. And, no slight, I like the actor who's playing Master Chief, by the way. He's doing good. I actually like him. He's actually really good. I don't like a lot of the in-between stuff. There was a lot of talking. A lot of talking that didn't matter. They were setting up way too much authoritarian and propaganda, you know, used was used a lot in there and so i'm just like uh they're gonna make this like very political drama instead of hey aliens are invading let's fuck them up also there's a mass effect easter egg in there and i loved it go, go check for yourself i'm not spoiling the show on this right now i mean obviously everyone already knew about the helmet thing because that was a big deal because they even said it in the road like yeah master chief takes his helmet off and no one knew when they never said when it was the first fucking episode i was like oh yeah, you guys did not fucking waste any time doing that, did you? And that's all I'm going to say about Halo. I'm going to do a separate video for that. Uh, but other adaptations that are on the road, I mean, we have HBO doing The Last of Us. Amazon is doing God of War. And I'm just like, I hope. Now, I don't want one-to-ones of any of these. But God of War, kind of. Because God of War is very, you know, Greek mythology. There's a lot of, like, there's not a lot of different interpretations for greek mythology greek mythology is greek mythology you know 
So I'm I'm really hopeful for God of War, especially if Sony is going to be involved. I don't know how much they're going to be involved because it is Amazon Amazon, and I'm not. I already said I'm going to bring it up this one time. I'm not going against my word. Just with everything going on with the Lord of the Rings situation with Amazon, which does not appeal to me, I'm not sure um, if I have too much faith in Amazon doing God of War. And I will uh, let me just I'm going to break my rule. Let me just touch on the Lord of the Rings stuff. I, I'm not against Lord of the Rings and I, the series, the Ring of Power, and it's not for the narrative that everyone else is. I don't care about the wokeness. I don't care about the tokenization. I've said this adamantly and people still try and be like, oh, well, you don't like it because of the race thing. No, I just, I'm a fan of Tolkien. I've read, you know, a lot of this stuff, but I'm not an authoritative fake like person on this. I'm I'm not I can't speak matter of factly and tell you exactly, oh, in this chapter of this book or this line right here, I can't do that and I will never pretend to be that knowledgeable. I'm just saying Peter Jackson's trilogy was good, even the extended cuts. The Hobbit happened, it wasn't bad, but I don't I personally just don't need more Lord of the Rings. If that makes sense. Like I've read the book. Like I don't need more. So I'm good with how much Lord of the Rings content I've consumed in my life. Now if they do some more like, you know, video games, yeah, I'll play them, obviously. I still want the Two Towers game that came out on PS2 to get a fucking port because that game was phenomenal. I love that game. When you're in the rain and you get to pick between Gimli, Legolas, or Aragorn and you're just sitting there just fighting the waves coming through the gate. That was so good. I love that game. That game was amazing. I would I would love to get that ported or like a remaster. But it was the only thing I'm going to say about Lord of the Rings. Like I just, I don't need more Lord of the Rings in my life. And that's that's my reasoning. I I watched the trailer; it didn't appeal to me. And I have friends who are like, "Oh, why why don't you?" I'm like, "No, there's already enough people talking about the show and why they hate it." And with my content now going forward, like I will talk about things that work and don't work about things, but I'm not going to go out of my way to purposely make videos negatively talking about things. All right. I'd rather talk about that's a waste of energy. I want to talk about things I enjoy. Okay. I want to talk about Pokemon and Nanoblocks and Kamen Rider and Ultraman and video games and anime. I don't want to, you know, waste what? Uh, 30 minutes of recording being angry about something and then have to edit it, then upload it, then make a thumbnail. So by the time you're done with all that, you're wasting what? 90 minutes, two hours of your life to be negative about something for some, some, some views and some likes. It's, that doesn't appeal to me. It never has. I don't. I now I will do a video and put that time into maybe defending something or being like, "Hey, this is good." Who who are these people to make up this narrative to say something is bad? Who like I'll do a video like that all day. But I'm not going to waste 24 hours in a day, sleep 8 hours. Okay, that's 16 hours left. If I got to work 8 hours, boom, that's 8 hours left. You think I'm going to waste 2 and a half of that and leave myself with, what, 5 
hours, five and a half hours of like free time for the rest of the night, for the rest of the day to like enjoy myself. And I'm going to waste two and a half hours being negative. Cause you got to re record the video. Then you got to watch yourself being back being a freaking negative. No, that's a waste of energy. And that's why people are angry all the time. Like, dude, just be, be in a good mood. If you don't like something, don't like go find something you do like. And there's a lot of people like, oh, well, if you don't like it, don't watch it. It's like a stupid argument. It's like, eh, I mean, if you don't like it and you don't watch it and you're not hate watching things, guess what? The numbers go down and then the stuff gets canceled and then, hey, you win technically, you know? I don't know what to tell you, chief. That's, that's how it works. I mean, you hate watching it, just gave it a view. <laughs> like, you kind of you kind of defeated the purpose. You're like, oh, I want this canceled. It sucks. Let me watch it real quick so I can talk about why. It's like... I don't want to have to tell them that that's not how that works because you gave them a view. But yeah, adaptations. So, you know, God of War being on Amazon. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. But then again, I can't judge anything. We, I don't judge anything based on announcements and things that are, are said. I go based on face value when things are released. A trailer, because there's always misdirection in trailers. So you can't really fully judge on trailers. I always give everything the three episode rule. You get three episodes to hook me. Unless it's like an eight episode thing, then you get one episode. But if it's a full regular season, you get three episodes. Same with Kamen Rider, Super Sentai, Ultraman, anything I animate, anything. You get three episodes to hook me in. And if you don't, then I stop watching it and I stop talking about it. And it's a good rule. And I gave myself that rule years ago because it made things easier. And rather than wait for something to get good, I'm like, oh, I gave it a chance. And then when a show's done airing, if it's on a streaming platform, I'll be like, I wonder. And then I'll go through and I'll be like, all right, let me finish it. Let me see how it is. Or and sometimes I don't even go back and finish stuff. Actually, after three episodes, it's just how I am with that stuff. Um, but yeah, no, a lot of the stuff coming down the pipeline, like I'm curious about Last of Us, I'm really curious about. And God of War, because I love Greek mythology. I love Norse mythology, too. Um, and Egyptian mythos. Like, So I'm really hoping God of War turns out really good. Because we are long overdue for a good Greek mythology with like Zeus and Poseidon and all those. I still like Clash and Wrath of the Titans. I know a lot of people didn't like um, Clash of the Titans. I even like Percy Jackson. Those books were good. First movie was good. Second movie, meh. That's still getting a series, I think, on Disney+. Plus. I'm curious how that's going to turn out. But that's it for my discussion about, you know, adaptations. I mean, I've, I've had that conversation a few times now, especially when I, you know, when I would bring up, like, reboots and remakes, which is something that I'm going to touch on again towards the end of the year because there are some more re reboots and remakes coming out. Um, but, yeah, I thank you guys for checking out episode 108 of an Ernie Mark podcast. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, hit the subscribe button down below. It's the red button right there. If it's not red, you already subscribed, and we're friends now. But if it is red, hit the button. Be my friend. Hi, friend. If you're listening to this podcast, please subscribe to whatever listening podcast platform you're on right now. Uh, there are tons of options. It's on Pod Republic, um, Podbean, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher. Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. You can go on anchor.fm and type in a Nerdy Mark podcast. 
and it'll actually give you a link to all of the podcast listening platforms where you can find the show. I have new merch coming soon, which is why if you've seen the bios lately, there's been no merch link. Uh, that is going to be happening probably in the middle to the end of April. And it's not just podcast merch, just merch in general. Some designs have been worked on tirelessly. And I am excited because some of the stuff is really good. I, I am very creative. And... By creative, I mean, I came up with ideas and I told my friend, like, hey, you know graphic designing. Can you make these for me? And he's like, sure. And I'm like, yay, I'll give you a percentage. And that's how it worked. Uh, but yeah, I think you guys were listening and watching. Man, 108 episodes in. This is like, mm, I'm, I'm happy, you guys. I really am. And, you know, and a lot of you listened when I wasn't happy. But let's just, I just want you guys to know, I am genuinely happy and in a good mood, and I appreciate all of you who watch or listen to the podcast. With that being said, I thank you guys once again. This has been episode 108 of a Nerd Named Mark podcast. My name's Mark, and I'm a nerd. Peace.